0: we're having open and honest conversations about mental health and well-being. We should talk about it with Myra Ansari on Wave Now.
1: Good morning, everybody. I'm Myra and sorry here for Wave Nows. We should talk about it with Dr. Stephen Taylor from UofL Health Peace Hospital. And it's been a while, so I'm happy to have you back here, Dr. Taylor, yeah, to well, talk I'm, with us. I'm really
0: glad to be back. I can't believe it's a new year. It
1: is a new year. And today we're talking about a topic that I think some of you will find interesting. Um, it came up in, in our newsroom in a discussion, you know, antidepressants. Are they right for you? And mm-hmm. that's a big question. I know it could be a sensitive topic for a lot of people and one that people feel probably passionately about, uh, whether it is or isn't. Um, But you're here to offer your expert advice. Um, So uh, first, maybe just tell us about what do antidepressants do?
0: Well, yeah. So I think the short answer is we don't completely know. Right? That's, that's the short answer. Now, now, let's do the long answer. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, when antidepressants were first being used to treat depression, there was a prevailing theory that people who suffered from depression would have certain particular neurotransmitters in their brain that would be depleted, that are sort of not at the normal level, whatever normal levels are. And so those neurotransmitters are serotonin. We hear people talk about serotonin a lot. Uh, Two of the other ones that have been studied in depression are dopamine and another one called norepinephrine. Uh, Norepinephrine is another word we use in the medical industry. That's the same as like adrenaline. People have heard about getting adrenaline rushes. That's a a neurotransmitter the brain creates and makes uh, for communication with neurons and neural pathways. And so um, early on in the, in the world of studying depression, um, these neurotransmitters became sort of the central characters in the story of study because they were often very depleted in people who suffered from depression. So the theory became that, well, people who are depressed will have low levels of these neurotransmitters. And if we can do something that makes those levels go up, the depression should get better. Mm-hmm. And so de- antidepressants were being studied that would that would target these particular neuroreceptors and increase those levels to see if we get an improvement in mood and we were beginning to see that people's moods were getting better so medications that target serotonin that target norepinephrine or dopamine um, tend to make people's depression improve so the so the the world of antidepressants was born out of that research
1: interesting all right if you have a question for dr. Taylor regarding this topic today uh, please post it here on Facebook and I will um, we'll try to get it answered for you um, I think the big message today that we want to communicate to folks is um, taking a pill doesn't really solve your problems. You're not going to wake up more than likely the next day and be like, kapoof, everything is perfect and now I can move forward. It's not a solution. It's kind of a companion to doing other things.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, the cells in our body are fairly slow to respond to changes in their environment. So if we take a medication that changes the environment the neurons are swimming in, it takes them several weeks before we begin to see them doing something different. So if we have a medication like, say, Prozac or or some other medication like that, that we would take for depression, um, it will take several weeks for the neurons to begin to respond to the presence of that medication. So so it can take a while just to begin to even see some changes, um, so starting a medication. So absolutely, we were just saying a minute ago, if you take a medication, you're not gonna feel a difference the next day. Mm-hmm. It may be a couple of weeks. It might even be a month before you notice much of a change. So it can be a very slow process. And so using an antidepressant to treat depression it takes time, and it's important. The first and most important piece, I think, is to be patient with it because it can take a little while to see a result.
1: But there's also another uh, part of this, Doctor um, Taylor, is that we were talking this. That it, you have to do some work too, right? For Taking sure. an antidepressant and maybe you know exploring therapy. Um, getting that mental health, uh, your outcome will more than likely be better.
0: Right. We live in a culture that has created this idea that, that the medical world is going to do something to us to make us better. And for the most part in the world of medicine, that's kind of true. I'm not going to participate with my surgeon in my surgery right? So Mm -hmm. if I have to have a surgery, my surgeon is going to do something to me to change the state of my body to deal with whatever I'm having surgery for. Mm -hmm. So so there is a kind of a passive nature in the world of medicine that gets kind of created just by the industry itself. There, There are things that my physicians have to do to me to make me get better, and it's not something that I'm participating in. But our mental health is a very different story. We are full participants in our own treatment because it's about our own mind that's being treated and our mind is something that we operate and use and control and in order to treat that it requires input from us too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the most important thing in treating mental health and treating depression is to have a good collaborative working relationship with your provider. If you've got that, you've got a good foundation for whatever approach you're going to take.
1: All right. We've got a question from Megan Lindsay. She wants to know, can you find out what you're lacking with a blood test or how would you find out what works best for you?
0: Yeah. Two really good questions in there. You know, the first one is, is there a blood test that tells us what what you're lacking? Right now, there really isn't a blood test that could tell us that. And you know, the second piece of that story about the neurotransmitters that antidepressants modulate at the early days of treating depression. We really thought that if you had low serotonin, you you were going to be depressed. But we don't really, at this point, think that that's an exact correlation. So people who are depressed, they're probably going to have less serotonin circulating in their brain than, than people who are not. But there, A, really isn't a way to measure that. And the other thing is that may not really be the whole story, because depression is about the mind, not just the brain, mm. right? So, so the brain can be a, the brain certainly is a factor in depression, but our mind is part of it too how we ascribe meaning to things, how we think, what we think is true, how we feel. Those things are all part of our mind and that has to be treated as well. And there's not a blood test to be able to show that state. We don't have a blood test that shows the state of our minds. Mm. I'm trying to remember the second part of Megan's question. now. She,
1: she said, um, how do you best find out what works best for you? What, and I'm assuming yeah, she means, yeah. you know, how do you find out what type of medication works best for you? Right. Um, you know, I know when I was going down that route, um, Because I like to speak, you know, fully and honestly. You know, I was in a bad space in my life, and and functioning was hard. And sometimes you have to experiment a little bit Mm -hmm. to find out what the best medication is for you.
0: Right. So, so the second half of the question, Megan, is is how do we know it's right for you? Well, there is the there is the capacity to do genetic testing now. So you know, you can go to your doctor's office and get a little kit where you just take a swab inside your mouth and send it off to a lab, and they can look at some of the enzymes that your liver uses to metabolize psychiatric medications, and they can make some predictions about how effective they might be. So they, they create three categories. One is sort of normal um, metabolism of the drug. The next category would be rapid metabolizers of the drug, and the next category would be slow metabolizers of a drug. So, so they can look at those enzymes, see their activity, and get some kind of predictive Ideas about certain drugs, about how effective they might be based on how the liver is likely to treat them. Because if we take a medication, every time we swallow a pill, it goes into our stomach, it goes into our GI tract, it gets absorbed into our system, and the first place it goes is the liver. So all everything coming from our GI tract goes through the liver before it goes anywhere else. And so whenever we take a drug, that drug's going to pass through the liver before it gets to our brain and the liver will do something to it, or it won't do anything at all to it. So depending on the drug, it depends on how much activity the liver's gonna be involved in that. And if the liver metabolizes it, we wanna get an idea of how fast the liver does that. And so some of the tests can show us that. So I guess the the short answer then, to my long dissertation (laughs) here about about, um, uh, liver metabolism, is that's one way to get an idea of how effective medications might be if we were just going to make some predictions. Mm-hmm. Are you going to have side effects from the medication? Is it going to not really work? Or is it going to work as we predict that it would based on liver metabolism? So that genetic testing is something you can do at your doctor's office, and that can give you some idea about that.
1: About which medication is right for you. Yeah, okay. right.
0: And then the other piece is just trial and error. We, we just try. Okay. We try things, and if we don't like it, we try something else.
1: And and just like with every medication that is out there, there are risks that come with a lot of these medications, right. um, how important is that to keep in mind? What do you tell your patients?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's a risk-benefit analysis always. And so we're looking at the potential risk of taking a particular medication, and is the potential benefit greater than the risk? And if the potential benefit is greater than the risk, it's, it's probably reasonable for us to try it. If the potential benefit does not outweigh the risk of doing it, then it doesn't make any sense to do the treatment. So that's always a discussion that you would want to have with your clinician. You know, is the risk of taking drug A, whatever that is, great? greater than the benefit, you know, is the risk greater than the benefit I'm likely to get or is the risk lower? And that's a good way to start, you know, considering what you might want to do.
1: I think, um, so much of our journey in life is that we have one life one one chance right right? so it's a matter of kind of seizing um maybe the things that are swarming all around us that are up in the air and getting control of it and that's where i think um starting therapy can be so helpful for a lot of people that's the first step but if someone comes to you and dr taylor and they say all right i'm sitting in your chair i'm here I need to get on something. I feel crazy. Like, I feel like I'm losing it. You know, what is the process? Do, do most doctors, okay, here you go, or is it finding out the root of the problem, talking it through right. it? What's the process there?
0: I do think finding the root of the problem is an important first step of it. Another another steps, too, is what are the symptoms? What are you experiencing? And how much is it affecting your, your life, the quality of your life? Because we can all feel symptoms to a certain degree, and we're going to have greater or lesser effects depending on how powerful those symptoms are. If I'm not sleeping, well, can we talk about how much you're sleeping? Maybe I'm sleeping six hours and I usually sleep eight, Um, but I'm getting by on six. I'm doing okay. I'm just not sleeping as much as I used to. That's a different story than I'm sleeping two hours and that's it. And I can't sleep any more than that. And I'm exhausted and I can't function well, we probably need to do something about that. Mm-hmm. So, severity of symptoms is a, a, an important initial step in deciding whether we're going to use a medication approach or not. You know, that's an important piece. Uh, and the other one is just a, a comfort level. How comfortable are you and your clinician um, at starting a medication in? As you talk with each other, how likely is it to be that it would be beneficial from both of your perspectives? Mm-hmm.
1: Who can you get a, a prescription for an antidepressant from? What type of doctor?
0: Any physician with a license to practice medicine in Kentucky can write a prescription for an antidepressant. Um, most of them won't. Um, Psychiatrists are are physicians that are trained in treating the mind uh, that uh, commonly are prescribers for antidepressants. And nurse practitioners can write prescriptions for antidepressants as well. And nurse practitioners who are working in psychiatric offices, uh, you'll often see one of them and they can do that too.
1: Okay. So it doesn't have to be a psychiatrist or a psychiatrist. Colleges that you go to specifically in mental
0: health, right? It doesn't have to be that it often is but that's not the way it has to be
1: Okay um, if you take an antidepressant, if you decide to go down that road, uh, Dr. Taylor, does that mean that you're bound to take it? You have to take it for the rest of your life, or is it something that can maybe get you over your hump and then you find mm-hmm. your balance again?
0: Right. That's something that's kind of evolved over time too. Early on, you know, we would have this notion that if you start an antidepressant, you're just going to stay on it forever, as if you were getting treated for diabetes. You know, you take your insulin, you're going to be on insulin forever, or you have high blood pressure, you take your blood pressure medicine, and as long as You're taking your blood pressure medicine, your blood pressure is under control, and you just stay on it. And that was kind of the mentality about being on antidepressants early on. But as research has evolved and as time has gone on, We now feel like treating depression in a, a, I'll say, pulsatile fashion, which is to say, use the medication for a while while the symptoms are present. And when the symptoms abate for a certain amount of time, uh, you and your clinician can come up with a strategy to decrease and wean off of the medication and see how you do off of it. And that's sort of more of a modern approach to it. And
1: weaning off is the important thing. I've had discussions with folks where they just decide... All right. Yeah. I got this. It's a new year. I'm going to go without my medication right. and stop in right on the January 1st. Yeah, and exactly. then what happens after yeah, that?
0: Exactly. Well, you know, like we talked at the very beginning, neurons are slow to respond to environmental changes. So you start an antidepressant, your neurons are going to start doing something different in response to the medication, and so they'll be functioning on a level with the expectation that that medication is going to always be around. And it takes a couple of weeks for that to happen. So if you stop your medication cold turkey, the neurons are geared up for an environment that has that medication in it. And when that medication suddenly disappears, the neurons aren't going to function quite the same. So you can have all kinds of weird experiences if you stop up cold turkey. You can feel depressed again, which is not because your depression's come back, but just because that's what happens if you stop it all of a sudden. People sometimes um, experience a bizarre um, feeling of like electrical shocks running through their mind, through Mm. their brain, if they stop their antidepressant suddenly. And that's because the neurons are kind of misfiring because they've been geared up to have this medication in their environment. When it's suddenly gone, they don't really function quite right. So if you spend time and wean off of it over weeks instead of just one day, you're much less likely to have any of those side effects.
1: Um, let's talk about uh, another thing, uh, because I think a big part of this is, uh, you know, we are talking about mental health because we know that it is something that impacts so many people. It's just like as diabetes, it's cancer, Mm -hmm. it's just like so many other conditions that we suffer from in our, uh, um, society and those things we don't feel shame about, but with mental health, we do kind of, you know, there's that stigma with it and there shouldn't be, uh, what's the stigma with, um, medication.
0: Um, I think, you know, some of the stigma people carry about it is, you know, I need help and it's hard to admit that I need help. And so medication is a way of saying, I need help. I can't do this myself. And so I think that's a hard admission to make and it's hard to be vulnerable in that way and say, I need help getting this problem dealt with. And this is one of the tools that I'm going to use to do that. And I would also say towards treating of mental illness is very different from treating diabetes or hypertension in the sense that, you know, all I have to remember to do to treat my blood pressure is to take my blood pressure pill. That that is That is as involved in my treatment of hypertension that I have to be. I just need to remember... Not to forget my pill. Mm -hmm. That's all I gotta do. But in treating depression or any other mental illness, it's a very different need in terms of treatment because it involves the interaction and the participation of all of us who suffer from mental illnesses. So you have to be involved in it. So it's important to be active and involved involved in therapy involved in things that are good for your mental health activities that help you get better make you feel better you're a participant in it so mm-hmm. it's not just a matter of just taking the pill which is a kind of which is a kind of mindset that our whole culture has created for us that makes it very difficult sometimes for us to treat depression
1: absolutely taking a pill doesn't as we said doesn't make everything go away you as my husband would say you have to do the work you do have right? to do the work You know, if you want to lose weight, it's diet and exercise, you know, you have to do the work. And that goes along with depression and mental health that you have to take steps yourself. No one's going to do it for you Right. and in recognizing, okay, how do I make this one life the best that I can?
0: For sure. And I think too, you know, in treating depression and doing the work, depression itself has a tendency to pull you away from the capacity to do work. So in a sense, you're really having to fight against the waves in a, what in a sense Mm -hmm. treating depression because depression itself makes it hard to want to be engaged. It makes it hard to want to interact with somebody else. It makes it hard to want to reach out and have somebody help you. And so in a sense, just being able to do those steps is part of the treatment for depression in itself, to be able to reach out, to be able to engage in the work, to be able to get up and get moving, those things are very hard to do in depression.
1: Very hard. And I'm glad you said that because if you are struggling, you know, getting up in the morning, going out and going to work and doing the things, putting one foot in front of the other, those are big deals. Very big. And you shouldn't beat yourself up Right, Uh, so much. Because that is huge um, when you're kind of in that that dark place and you can't get out. And Mm -hmm. when you can find that, okay, I have to either move forward, I'm having my come to Jesus moment, and we are going to get up and and figure things out. Don't underestimate the power that you have inside of you to move forward.
0: And take those things you do as the steps that are building on that string of pearls we talked about once before, Ah, you know, that, that, that are successes. You know, Mm -hmm. you got up, that's a success. Mm -hmm. You got yourself dressed. That's a success. You took a shower. You took a shower. That's a success. You ate. Yes, exactly. And don't, don't, Minimize them because they're, they're as important as anything else you do.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, getting that help is so important. It's a huge step in your journey to getting better, uh, talking to someone, say, you know what, I'm not okay right. and I got to figure out uh, what I need to, to function, you know, whether it's for yourself, it's for your family, for your kids, your, your partner, your, your, anyone around you, um, it, it impacts everything.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: Okay, I like this topic. Um, what am I not asking you, Dr. Taylor?
0: Um, you know, I just would just reiterate the the, the the necessity and the power of being involved in it, and that you are involved in that, and then that's important. So, asking questions, um, doing the work, doing things, taking the medication when you need it, but but adding to that, doing therapy. Um, being involved in your care, being involved in your treatment, doing the other things that help make you feel better mm-hmm. and making that a part of it. And those things are just as important as taking the medication. Mm-hmm.
1: And there is no shame if you have to be on a medication.
0: Absolutely, for sure. Okay. All right.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Good to see you again. It's good to see you again, too. You. i missed you.
0: Yeah, you too.
1: And uh, thank you so much for staying with us here for Wave Now's. We should talk about it. Have a wonderful day. And on this link, I forgot to mention that I did put a, a link to L Health, um, a, a link to their site about depression okay. and where you need to go to get help. So click on that if you would like more information. Thank you so much. Have a great day.